Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always by co host Destin Soglo Frazier. Oh my god, I need a drink. Yeah? Is it, are you there? Does it come to that? <laughs> this is it. WrestleMania Night 2. WrestleMania Sunday. The post show here. We're going to be going over the results for everything. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I commend all of you for making it this far, really, at this point. You pat yourselves on the back. Give yourself a self-hug. Do whatever makes you comfortable. Just keep your head up high, high, high. We're going to rate this music, too, so that they don't say we're not reviewing it. The music for WrestleMania sucks. Um, <laughs> this is head up high, high, high. And uh, it's not as good as the old music that they used in other manias, but this is what they chose, and this is what we have. They, they, they need to bury this song low, low, low. The wrath they will in, in two from me tonight. Oh. I'm, I don't even know. You know what? I didn't preemptively even think about the quote unquote wrath, to be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, thank you everyone once again for joining. I'm going to be short on the shout outs because we already did that for night one. You know what the platforms are we're on. We'll do the shout outs for the personal shouts at the end here. This is episode 450. Never thought I'd be saying that. Mm hmm. Night two, not quite as good as night one. I just call it night not one. Yeah, like, uh, man, I don't even think, let's just get straight into it. They open with the uh, Randy Orton versus The Fiend segment. I can't even call it a, a match. Match was dreadful to say. And it's funny because I don't know. Should we talk about it first? I don't even know if we should talk about it or criticize it first. That's how that's how confused <sighs> I am. Let's do both at once. Fuck it. It'll because be more my effort than they put into this shit. Because my feelings is I don't know if this is shitty booking, shitty writing, or if this is one of those cases where someone's feeling themselves so much. You know what I mean? That this is like their expression, like you know, abstract art where you don't have to know what it is. Almost like a David Lynch movie. Like if you ever seen something like Lost Highway, where. It's up to your interpretation what everything means. You know what I mean? Like it almost is that what this is? Is someone trying to be artistic? No, no, here? no. no. This, this, this just sucked a bag of baby dicks. That's exactly what this was. Holy shit! I oh. don't know what to what to say because it wasn't. It felt like they didn't owe anyone an explanation for what happened in this match. You know what I mean? Like it was like it doesn't matter how, whether we knew or not. I, I love how they just basically destroyed. The whole concept of The Fiend, which is, hey, everybody who's ever wronged Bray Wyatt, he gets them back. Spoiler, he didn't get them back. I, again, I don't care who, I didn't expect him to win. He never wins. You know, you know what I mean? You know, like, he's been winning the whole fucking time he's been The Fiend. If they're going to do some shit, stay consistent. George liked it probably because it made as much sense as an impact storyline. George likes not abyss and fucking decay. <laughs> Yeah, because it made just about oh. as much sense. But again, if you're going to do it, just make me understand what I'm looking at. That's like, I think, a minimal requirement here. 
At this point, I'm like, just kill the fucking angle. Don't even tell me what happened. Like, just kill the angle. I act like it never fucking existed. So basically, the fiend returns from Ash. Um, it's so funny to report something like that, right? But the fiend returns from Ash. No, I don't want to use my imagination. They tell them to use their imagination. Their imagination could fuck off. If they had an imagination, it wouldn't have came out so stupid. I shouldn't have to use my imagination. They're to entertain me. But I could just exclude them and just use my imagination. You know? I could use my imagination and watch something else. Anyway, so this is what the effect was from their, uh, from their Twitter. They post all this stuff. Anyway, this was the effect when he walks onto the scene. That's pretty cool. Would have been more effective if they didn't have that crappy um, Oscar the Garbage Muppet looking version of him come out of the ground like a Would've week before. He actually won the match. Uh, that too. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm definitely going to say that having wins is a big plus in this company. You know what I mean? And that's why they, they don't give them out very, very often. I'll try to make excuses for them today. How about that? Should I be the devil's nah. advocate now? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Damn, you, you be a devil advocate, I will hang the fuck up. No. <laughs> we will bury they, these motherfuckers into the goddamn ground tonight. All right. We used to know a podcaster like that. I, I want to play devil's advocate. They, just, they, they have endured my wrath to the highest degree. Oh, they are getting Russo buried tonight. Uh, well, the fiend returned to his original form from the ashes. Uh, and then after this, they did like a fiend in the box type deal. I was like half paying attention at this point. But I know that Alexa Bliss came out and she did the whole do 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 And like he pops out of a box, right? The fiend in the box. Is that what happened? This? Let's put it up on the screen. There you go. Fiend in the box. Ooh, he rises slowly out. Thank God he didn't literally pop out, right? Oh, that would have been dangerous. But then again, that would involve them actually trying some kind of effort and having a good halfway fucking good idea. Oh, yeah? So, somebody must have told them that was a good idea. That's probably why they didn't do it. Yeah. Let's get a couple of these up on our social media and in the chat room for you uh, podcast listeners out there. Oh, my God. If you haven't figured it out, guys, I'm a tad bit hot that this is WrestleMania and the Atlanta Falcons fucked this up tonight. Holy shit. So, there's one thing I don't know how it, I don't even know it's possible. There's one thing I actually did like in this whole thing. What's that? Did you catch Bray's tribute to Harper? No, I shared the tweet in our private chat and we were talking about that. Uh, a few people noticed it. I don't know what the tribute was. What it was, um, I don't know if he did Harper's taunt in the center, but he did the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. And once again, I figured I'd point this out. I didn't even notate this, but it's, this is, this is just to me another indication. Of a company that no matter how much faith you put in them just doesn't learn. The red lights actually came back. Can you believe it? Like, I'm so surprised. That's like <laughs> if they did another brawl for all the following year. I can't wait for them to announce that pay-per-view again. I can't wait for Like, something that didn't work was just used again. I just can't believe it. I can't believe something that was openly criticized to that extent that visually doesn't work that makes it look like you're playing a virtual boy was used why because somebody some jackass in the back likes it like what so i didn't really like that yeah don't get it man but anyway anta i don't even know i can't even really call it much of a match it wasn't even a match it was just freaking the fiend kicked orton's ass the whole time and then Bliss showed up bleeding. And then fucking Randy Orton hits the fiend with one RKO. The guy who we've seen get hit with like 80 finishers and no sell 79 of them. 
one RKO, it's over. Mm-hmm. Doesn't what? make any sense. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But the thing that throws me off, and this is what I'm talking about, the requirement of an explanation. What is this in the in the chat room about the double cross? Dark Dark Sage thinks Roman's going down to Brock. I'm just going to say keep Brock as far away from this shit. It's already terrible enough as it is. Uh huh. I'll turn it off. And what's up, Ashley? <laughs> he says he believes Roman's going to go down to Brock Lesnar at some point in 2021. Go down. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about when we get to that. Okay, we'll talk. I see what he's saying. What's up, Ashley? Yeah, we'll definitely when we get to uh, the Roman thing. Uh, but yeah, I digress. The the Alexa Bliss thing didn't make any sense to me. Like she like he was about to hit Sister Abigail and then suddenly she's leaking what was that? She's leaking oil from her head? Whatever that black shit that fucking Orton's been coughing up. And then coolest thing, somebody said Alexa bleeding basically means she's becoming Sister Abigail. I'm so done with that Sister Abigail whore shit. The bitch ain't becoming Sister Abigail. They right. killed that idea. Listen, I'm open minded. We watch Marvel, Disney, sci fi, anime, all kinds of shit here. So let's just say I roll with that, right? Her bleeding means she's becoming Sister Abigail. What does becoming Sister Abigail mean? In order for you to have something like that where someone's going to become something else, there should be like some foreshadowing. There should have been promos where they talk about how Sister Abigail bled black fucking shit from her forehead or something. Somewhere phrasing it in a Bray Wyatt way where when you see her... And there are still people who the metaphor went over their head and it goes, well, what does that mean? And then you go, oh, remember that promo where he talked about how Sister Abigail bled from the forehead or whatever or had a, a thorn, uh, a crown of thorns and or what, or anything. But just don't make me have to get an interpretation from Kula in the chat room who heard from somebody. You know what I mean? And no offense to Kula in the chat, but I'm just saying like. Shouldn't it be on the pay-per-view? Like, how did you find out, Rick? Well, Kula in the chat room said that somebody said that Alexa Bleeding was becoming Sister Abigail. That doesn't sound like a good production. Especially considering we haven't heard Abigail mentioned since The Fiend showed up. You know, you know what? And I hate that I have to keep going back. It's not even like I'm a huge, I guess I'm a huge fan, but I hate to keep going back to Marvel stuff as a comparison here. They never said that when you have the infinity stones that when everyone gets wiped out of existence, they would all turn to dust or that any of that would happen. We just knew the ability of them, but it was built in enough around the story and all the different movies that when he snapped and everyone went to dust, nobody asked what happened. Not one person said, well, what happened? Everyone was just really sad. Remember that day? How sad everybody was. Everyone was really sad. We never were told that there was going to be dust. You know, but everyone was really sad. No one ever had to have a conversation about the the different stones, the the metaphysical reason that they exist. Sure, those conversations exist, but it wasn't because people were trying to explain what happened. We knew what happened because the writing was fucking good. It was just our job to feel what happened. So I don't like the fact that we have to keep coming on here like detectives every week to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. They're not trying to be clever. And none of this stuff ever leads into anything. The stories all disappear. It'll be Hornswoggle again. Just like we said last night, you know, <laughs> that was, that was the default to Hornswoggle. It was him who did all this. Like, they don't have any plan with this. They don't know what that shit meant, you know? So it's just annoying that it's like, and then the match, the match was like a non-match. And like Alvarez pointed out, let's keep in mind the fact that 
Randy Orton is uh, the heel that sets a baby face on fire who's coming back for revenge and doesn't get it. And then neither one of them portrayed like a baby face or a heel. To me, the, ever, who, who could be a baby face in this? This isn't like when Undertaker's a baby face. I just didn't understand, man. I don't get what I was looking at. And I tell you before, when you raid wrestling, it's not even about agreeing with what they do. They, they could take characters in their own direction. Who you want can't be pushed and get the title. But just keep me grounded. You know what I mean? Like, just sort of, I, I just want to know where the hell we're going. And it almost just feels like it's a cop-out. Like, they could just use shocked value with that Fiend storyline. It doesn't have to make sense, as long as it's creepy. You know? It doesn't have to have continuity, as long as it just wigs you out. There has to be a limit to that. So, we start off that, this night with, with shit, as far as I'm concerned. Because I didn't like any of that. It didn't really make any sense. You could get a good match out of Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, surely. They did it four years ago. You know? During the event, someone in our chat room... We, 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 we know, we know, we, we moved on past that. We know it's when Lex was bleeding, she became Sister Abigail. Yeah. Well, again, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that the fact that it was written in our chat room and not somewhere on a run sheet pisses me off because the guy who said it in my chat room didn't get paid. The one who didn't bother to write it did, <laughs> you know? So that, that's kind of aggravating to me. And at this point, I'm just over the whole Sister Abigail thing. I don't need to see Sister Abigail. At this point, if I see Sister Abigail, it's not. It's just going to be some random bitch. I don't give a shit. Right? The fiend stuff works really good if they'd stop depending on it to to just completely. You know what I mean? It's like they went complete opposite of with Finn Balor, where they wanted to save the demon to the point where they just stopped using him. It's like with this, everything's answers because the fiend. You know, and it's not even like stuff that just makes sense. It's just like different things happening. That's not how things work. Even with the Undertaker stuff, it wasn't just different things happening. You know what I mean? Like, if you ask somebody about The Undertaker, they'd be able to tell you, like, the story of The Undertaker. An actual story. You know what I mean? Like, not something that's broken apart and that you're not really sure how to interpret. Like, if you literally, you can sit somebody down as an old man, you can sit your grandkid on your on, on your knee, and you could tell them the story of Undertaker and Kane and Paul Bearer and what happened and what they did and how they became friends and how he turned out to be his father. And this was his long-lost brother and apparently he originally set his parents on fire and all this other shit. You could go on for fucking ever about this and it would have a continuity to it. That would make sense. And even when you broke kayfabe and then went into him becoming the mayor and the retirement and him coming back for one more match, within the continuity of the story of the two of them, it would still make sense. And it would be a great story, no matter what. If you ask somebody, if you have to sit somebody down and explain to them the Bray Wyatt shit, what would it, where would we go? Like, even if we could start from Husky Harris and it would make even less fucking sense. We could start with, with the, with the Nexus. We could go straight to the regular Bray Wyatt with Brody Lee. You know what I mean? But it's just kind of like, I just don't feel like anywhere down the road, this is going to make sense. And this goes back to what I was talking about with their Peacock and their network, because they love, they depend on that shit to be able to present these stories to you guys, because the story isn't about getting entertaining. It's about showing how hard they work on shit. Look at this 24 seven. We follow this person on, you see what they went through. I just feel like in the future, they're going to regret all of these hot shot booking, as they call it, that they're doing, because when they need to put shit like that together for a guy like Bray, it's going to just feel really contrived. It's not going to be like, oh, you know, and I knew all along that this was going to happen. And we thought about this and the two of us went back and we worked on this for days and I called him and we decided, no, it's just going to be, there's no explanation. It's going to look like shit. If they have to do documentaries in the future, it's just going to be garbage. It's going to be, we threw this together. Who are they going to talk to? What are they going to talk about? They don't know why they did it. You know, so what a waste. Ooh, but actually now that I think about it, I forgot there were two things I actually liked about this match. Holy crap, I found two. The second one, the crowd Food. Mm-hmm. I, oh yeah, I missed the crowd, man. That's what they needed to do. But you notice they keep they mute Randy the crowd. Orton beating Bray Wyatt was fucking stupid. 
they mute the crowd, they pipe in the cheers, and they fade to commercial. They went, that's the fastest I've ever, I'm glad you mentioned that, you reminded me, that's the fastest I've ever seen them fade to commercial. They were out of there. They were gone. They switched back it. back to the crowd, motherfucker. They switched it. They pulled up, remember, remember Heal Mr. McMahon and the Attitude Ever? Yeah. Turn that camera off. Turn that mic off. I own that camera. I own that mic. Turn it off. Turn it on. I don't cut to ringside. <laughs> Just cut away. I don't care. I don't have to explain it. Shit. Just cut. Gone. <laughs> that was one of my favorite Mr. McMahon moves. <laughs> I don't care. Turn this one off. I guarantee at that very moment in time, they were like, man, we should have done Mania in the Thunderdome. Yeah. A dome that no one could see into. Now, I bet they would have got there. They would have got there on time last night. Isn't it kind of funny how the night? Because first of all, just for the record, people they actually got on the air. They actually got the first match on time tonight. Isn't it funny how the the night where they're on time is just ass, but when they're thirty minutes late, twenty four hours ago, they mm-hmm. got better as time went on. Isn't that some shit? I've always liked Bliss too. Bliss is a character. When you think about it, remember how she started? She was a super yeah. baby face. Her, her twisted Bliss was the sparkle splash. She had fairy stuff all around her. She was like a pixie. She she blew dust. Like she blew magical dust that made magical sounds and shit. She was super baby face. Super baby face. And look what look how far she comes. She, she went. She turned into a bitch, which was great. Yeah. You know. And then and she I turned mean, into uh, a, uh, like a, a monster, I guess, a demon. I, I was gonna say as garbage as this angle ended up. I still admire the way she was able to make this complete change. Yeah, no, she the, that, the character that's a drastic switch to be able to make, and she she flowed into it amazing. No, to be clear, the character is very well done. Alexa Bliss's portrayal of this character and the way she's doing everything that she's doing is really good and it's really interesting and i think it adds another dimension to her and I, you know when i think about it it's a shame i haven't emphasized that enough just because it's just a given because i've known she's talented in that way like she just has different layers but yeah we've never talked about that no that character is cool i like that i like the things that she does and the way that it looks the look of it the sound of it everything that's what makes it frustrating that that, that they're just not writing anything for it if it sucked yeah. i would just say well they suck and the whole thing sucks and they're not delivering. no she's doing really well and bray's always done good but she's exceptional. Yeah, the, 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 the she's and Alexa Bliss should be the top act on the whole fucking show. To be honest, but and no. I never mentioned this before, but I thought about it. She's doing so good that I it's crossed my mind that he better be careful that she doesn't run with his shit. You know, right, because like, I could see I could see his run as the fiend Bray Wyatt coming to a close and him having to go on to other shit. And I could see her carrying that Alexa Bliss character into the future. You know what I mean? Right. She's it's happened before. That. It's happened before. Let's not forget that it was Lita and, uh, what's his name? S.A. Rios. S.A. Rios. See, I almost forgot his name. See how, see how, what it'll be. <laughs> In the future, there'll be another podcaster on here years from now, and he's going to be like, Alexa Bliss and, uh, and then the other guy's going to go, the fiend, the Rios. <laughs> and I just hope it's not one of those Mark Merrill Sable things. You know, or where it's like, yeah, he had a good run. And I'm not saying like, obviously the dynamic's different, but I just see so much potential in the Alexa Bliss character being that way, where you would get burnout from the Bray Wyatt thing. But Alexa's character is more unique, honestly. Which makes you know? it so stupid because Bliss basically turned on the theme. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if this shit would have wouldn't have fallen apart sooner. Because she's literally what saved it more than him. A lot of the time, she's what carries it. She's carrying the whole thing when you really look at it. She managed to breathe new life into the Fiend's gimmick. Right. So you have this 
character with these layers that does these good promos, that doesn't break kayfabe, that doesn't seem to botch, right? And the best you could give her at WrestleMania is to fucking bleed oil out of her forehead? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, why? You, you can see the layers that she has. But they got the crowd back. To do what? To make her bleed oil. <laughs> it's uh, Wow. It, it's funny how people just take things for granted, right? Like, they just don't care, man. I can't make an excuse there. That's not caring, you know? But before yeah, we, we can't stay on the uh, fictitious part of this whole thing too long, obviously. What are your thoughts on the actual match that they put together here? The dark match, if you will, because it was red. Red is my mic. I mean, the Fiend beat him up for a few minutes, and then he got RKO'd. That was pretty much the whole thing. <laughs> well, actually, now I think about one thing that did make me laugh. Did you catch uh, Orton slightly troll uh, Mandy Rose when he's coming down the ramp? No, what did he do? He got to a round where she slipped, and he feigned like he was about to slip, and then he saved himself. Oh, wow. Nice. I was like, oh, you the whole asshole, bro. <laughs> nice. Make fun of the blonde that slips. Shit. That's the worst part. It is unbelievable. The problem with this match, and this is going to be a running theme throughout the evening, is that it it didn't bring anything that I haven't already seen before. Normally, when we do these post shows, I don't like to talk about the things you guys see all the time. You know that Bray has that senton, you know, he has that running splash that he does. Uh, you know what Randy does and everything else. Well, what are we going to do? Talk about this every single year? Um, but we usually like to talk about the highlights, the unique things, the unique offense and stuff like that. There's nothing really to say. They did the things that Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt would do in a match if I put both players on CPU in the game. And I feel that way about a lot of these matches. It's like, yep, that's what happens. That's what it looked like in the background when I used to just have the CPU on here without having the screen. This is exactly how it looked if you guys were there for it. It was just like, this is what the kind of shit that would be going on in the back. Ref glitches and all. (laughs) But you know what the sad part is? The ref glitch was something unique, unlike this shit. So, again, it's WrestleMania. It's not a Raw. I don't know why there wasn't something else added to this, you know? And the head bleeding didn't didn't help or the head i can't call it bleeding because if it's blood why is it black why is she bleeding black blood uh. i hate that shit anyway and yes the fans booed the shit out of that and the it's leaking really oil not. distracting the fiend if it's if it's her becoming sister abigail why would that be a distraction because he was so happy why would sister abigail something from another world be stupid enough to interfere at wrestlemania you don't think Sister Abigail would know the importance as apparently Bray does? None of this makes any sense. Exactly. Same anyway. as Sister Abigail just makes it worse. 69% of you thought The Fiend was going over. Ha! That 69 is a representation of WWE putting their dick in your mouth because you weren't getting what you wanted here. 33%, or I'm sorry, 31% of you thought Randy Orton was, right was, 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 <laughs> was going to go over. 31% of you have no faith in this company. Good for you guys. Good for the 31% of you who realized that they were not going to give you anything here. Can I count them out yet? Yeah, I mean, there are no count-outs. Six ass-hat matches. I don't think there were count-outs. Were there count-outs? No. (laughs) I was about ready to tap out after this shit, though. Let's see how much more they can disappoint you. WWE Women's Tag Team title match. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending against Natalia and Tamina. 100% 100% of you, every person on the planet that is part of our community, 
thought Natalia and Tamina would be going over and Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax would be losing the titles here. Not one person thought they would be leaving there with those titles. Natalia has Nia in the sharpshooter, but she didn't realize that Baszler was legal. So Baszler winds up choking her out from behind and they retain the titles. So yeah, 100% of you wrong there. What was that? So y'all thought Tamina was getting a WrestleMania moment. She was in WrestleMania for a moment. The funny thing about it is, though, she actually, they, they, I don't know if you call it, they were chanting for her. Yeah. And it wasn't somehow the, it wasn't, this ass company sees her finally get chance and goes, oh, nah. It wasn't computerized chance. It was real Tamina chance. No, it was a real chance. Wow. See, that's probably, where, that's probably where they're going straight back to the Thunderdome because they don't like that shit. Yeah. They can tell all the generic screens that probably aren't even real people anymore who they can chant for. Not, 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 not in Raymond James. Yeah. I got to read Facebook. You guys got to give me a minute. I forgot I was on Facebook, but I don't want to miss out. Uh, let's see what guy here. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Am I saying Q's Thompson correctly when I mention it? Uh, he said she was leaking transmission fluid. Hell yeah. <laughs> this was Texans versus Chiefs AFC matchup when, when they was up 25 in the first quarter just to lose the lead in the second. I'm telling you, man, the Atlanta Falcons, this whole event, like, night one was the first half, night two, just fucking, the Patriots just came in and fucked them. That is amazing. WrestleMania, 28 and 3, always remember. I just can't believe that, uh, there was just so many better choices, you know, and I'm, and, and again, I don't like to go with the, just get to the, to the thing better. As far as the match goes, though, before we, we do anything else, like, what, what were your thoughts as far as the match? The match was decent. Yeah, let's get some footage up on the screen while we talk about the match. It's probably easier to look at than it is to fucking enjoy. Uh, the, 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 that's I'm glad we brought this because that stuff, the uh, Tamina Naya stuff, always interests me. Uh, I asked in the chat and no one answered me. Do you know what they say about about headbutting a Samoan? <laughs> you know what the fact was? I was hoping somebody else knew because I didn't have a fucking clue. They just always in the business. They said never headbutt a Samoan. Because it's useless. Samoans have the have the the most brutal headbutts. If you look back at wrestling, that's why the headbutts always sold brutally when it's a Samoan. So I like that sequence that they did, where the two of them headbutt each other and nothing happened, and then they just headbutted each other again and nothing happened, and they just both headbutt each other. I was just like, oh my god! I was wondering what would happen too. I always wondered that. Like all oh, the two Samoans headbutted. Holy shit! The recipe for disaster. Every, I swear, like every time I've ever seen Nia Jax take a backdrop, it scares me. Because I'm always like, oh, please rotate, please rotate, please rotate. She always does every time, but every time it still scares me. <laughs> yeah. Just because I can see somebody her size go up like that, and I'm like, please, for the love of God, rotate. She hits it perfect every time, though. God bless her. But it's like, Jesus Christ, that scares me. That's frightening. That's why it scares you. Scary shit. It, it's just, I give her credit for the fact that this shit, she'll let people do that, too. Because, like, now has taken some bumps. I didn't expect her to just let people do, but not like that. No, see, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm I, could, I couldn't be that big taking back body drops. Like yeah. And uh, Natalia does really good with Shayna here because she's able to take those knees without getting her teeth knocked out. She takes a knee right to the face, frontal knee. Uh, I also like that sequence where she ankle stomps her. It's almost like similar to the Dakota Kai, the arm thing, where she sort of turns the ankle yeah. the wrong way and then she stomps, making it look really brutal. Uh, yeah, she, 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 I haven't seen her do beyond the ankle in a while, but yeah, every now and then she'll pull the ankle out as well. Mm-hmm. The second uh, knee to the face was interesting because it was uh, Natal- um, I'm sorry, Naya doing my favorite spot that we talk about on here weekly, that stretch muffler where she takes the person and drives them into the middle turnbuckle. But this time, instead of it being the middle turnbuckle, the substitution here is Naya um, holding her and uh, 
Shayna using her infamous knee. So there's a second knee that Natalia winds up taking that looked really brutal. I like that stretch, stretch yeah, mus- muffler, rough. stretch muffler knee combo. Um, uh, Tamina was late breaking the tag after Natalia takes a power bomb from Naya. And Cole tries to save it because she's late. The ref waits on her. You can see the delay. And Cole's like, and Tamina with the save on time. I'm just glad. I just love that. Like, you never say, you never say on time at the end of that before. How come that one, the one that looked late? I would have just said with the save. I wouldn't even emphasize on time because at that point you're making it more obvious she was late. He was trying to do damage control. I just loved it. And Tamina Tamina with the the save on time. time. No, (laughs) fuck, she wasn't. He's trying to use the old magician trick, you know? It's like if you hear what he says, did you see what he did? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I know she was late. It's kind of like that's the whole reason I'm watching this, you bastard, for those moments. <laughs> I'm watching his hands, motherfucker. I see he was late. I, 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 I was just accepted. If you said to me with the save, like, it's, I'm sure he got a lot of people with that, though. I'm telling you, there'll, there'll be discussions tonight where people will be like, no, she, I'm pretty sure he was on time. It's, sublim- it's, okay. it's literally a subliminal message. No, I'm pretty okay. sure that's how you, you catch people. I'm pretty sure it was on time. No, you're pretty sure you heard him say on time. Probably didn't even hear him on a conscious level. You know, because not, not everyone's listening to commentary that way. Smart, smart thinking by call just didn't work on me or you. <laughs> she was late as hell. If that was a mean ref, that shit would have went. <laughs> and that would have just been it. just been it. Motherfucker, you was losing the match anyway. You just won the physical bitch. You yeah, you're losing the match. Now you're just losing your, t- your time. Somebody else's match gets to be stretched a little bit longer. That spot that they kept going to Vince about is going to be in the match now. You know, because your shit is short. So, yeah, she was late. Uh, I did like when she's struggling in the ring with Tamina and she's like, and, and Tamina's like, I'm King Kong, bitch, what you got? <laughs> Somebody wasn't quick enough with that dumb butt. No, no. You know what, though? Said, you ain't shit. <laughs> T- Tamina winds up hitting a big slam on Naya. Like she literally lifts her and slams her down. I just kind of felt like at WrestleMania, it warranted an instant replay. When you're going to pick somebody that big up, which doesn't normally happen to someone like Nia Jax, and you're going to slam her down, you instant replay it and you make sure that you showcase it. I'm almost certain that one of the most important rules of WrestleMania is actually that when somebody picks up a giant person and slams them, that you fucking emphasize it. Isn't that Hogan and Giant? Uh, Hogan and Andre, right? That That's like, that was Hogan and when Andre, did that we stop? Like, when do we stop emphasizing picking up a big person? They didn't even show it. And we can't say that they didn't want to cut away from the action because they've cut away from the action for fucking nonsense before. And you know what the action was that whole time? Cause I was waiting for that instant replay. It was Naya and Tamina both selling. And then Tamina slowly climbing up on the top turnbuckle, because we know she's not exactly fast at that, to turn around, to get ready to, to hit the Superfly Splash. You know how much time that is to run that instant replay that needed to be right there? <laughs> it was just like, nope, this is a perfect time. And anyone, even the people in the back would know that. But no, we're not going to show a spot that's actually a highlight. I, I don't like that either. Production sucks when it comes to things like that. But anyway, you guys already know to finish 100% of you were wrong. As Vince would say. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Singles match. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Wait Steen- a minute. Featuring Logan 
fucking Paul. Oh, I forgot Logan Paul. Steen versus Fresh Generico. Knockout of that basketball guy. Steen versus Generico three or four or ten. Who knows? But here we go. This is gonna be brutal. Uh sixty seven percent of you thought Owens was going over. Thirty three percent of you saw Zane going over. Owens goes over with the stunner. Uh after the match, they basically redo a couple of finishes from other pay-per-views. They do. They start off with uh I believe what was it? WrestleMania 14? They did the they did the Sean and Tyson part in the ring. Yeah, you were supposed to be with just, me. Just, just way more shitty. That was he you didn't knock same. him out. He just pushed him in the He just pushes he him cuz he doesn't have a, I don't even know why he didn't. You know cuz he should he knows how to fight, right? Cuz fucking yeah, cuz fucking the same he just fucking did, did Sammy? Yeah, I think Sammy just no Sammy yeah, stunner. That's what it was, yeah. Let's have a look. They even used the cap. This looks like, if you look at this, this looks literally like they took it straight out of a page of the end of WrestleMania 14, Shawn Michaels, Mike Tyson. Literally. I can't even, like when I was watching, I was like, you guys literally just pulled that. You, you copy wrote this. You stole your own shit. You should give yourself a takedown notice. They saw, they, they saw it before they took it off the network. Even the mannerisms. Watch this shit. Even when he was pointing at Tyson's chest, remember when he was beating Tyson with his finger and he'd get closer and Tyson was doing just like that? Like, look at this. There's a fucking Tyson thing. He's the enemy. <laughs> that's great. But there's no punch at the end. It's just a push. So they, 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 they sour it out. So that's one finish that they did. They're just doing finishes now. The way we have the dusty finish, which everyone knows what that is, the one with the dusty roll. They did, now they do the Shane McMahon Stone Cold finish. And where like, Sammy just left. Where they do so the Shane McMahon. The- yeah, this, where we're like, Oh, well, he must be my friend then. You know, like this is the Shane McMahon Stone Cold thing. Bad, bad guy. Back's the winner. Modern day, Benedict Arnold. The only thing they didn't have was beer. This is shameful. Disgraceful. Somebody needs to get security and get low. Spoiler. The Austin Chain thing, even more shitty. I think I'm going to subscribe to Logan's channel just so I can understand. Yeah, so then there. Well, I mean, we all know where this is going. We've been here before, right? Yeah, except it was better last time. Uh, you know, I'll say Logan Paul took a good stunner. It looked awkward. His body flailed awkwardly. Watch. Look at this shit. Down goes he took it almost like half Vince. Vince's first stunner. <laughs> I shouldn't be mean. I don't want to be mean. Logan Paul. He, 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 he took it like Vince was trying to do a bad cosplay of The Rock. Oh, man. And Logan Paul was a non-factor. Yeah, he just he was just, he was just there. There was no storyline for him. There was no reason. There was no payoff. It was just Logan Paul hanging around. The guy that digs up graves or goes to suicide places in Japan. I haven't forgotten. Knocks out basketball players because that's a contact for his sport. What's Logan Paul doing there, you know? Makes you look desperate, WWE. (laughs) There's no way they're desperate. Come on. They had Gronk last year. You remember when he was scared to jump and Vince had jumped. Look how you guys look. Vince needs to realize that he has a bunch of marks working for him. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that the wrestlers are fans of these people? Most of these them don't fucking, fucking celebrities. Know them, they don't know them. That's what I'm saying. The reason why we're getting this is because, what do you think? This isn't Vince. I know Vince listens to rock and metal and shit like that. I've heard about the planes. This is not Vince McMahon. This isn't, we know this isn't Triple H and Stephanie. I can promise you it's not Triple H and Stephanie. I've seen them at concerts and Oddfest and shit like that. You know, they're regular people like us that like good stuff. So now process of elimination because we know everybody's musical taste there. This has to be the marks in the office. The people who just want to be part of the cool crowd, man. 
The hamsters, yeah. The hamburgers and hamsters. That's what they are. Because no one likes any of that stuff. You know what I mean? These fucking celebrities, that the, the, these B-list celebrities, if you really look at it. We used to have real celebrities, man. You know what I mean? Like, not YouTube celebrities or fucking these little personalities, grave diggers, you know, kid rappers. Well, the other reason. Gronk. Bad Bunny's like the only thing that worked out for them in a long time. Pat McAfee worked out too. I'll give him credit for that. But some of these, it just makes them look desperate. And they must know which ones suck because the ones that suck don't seem to be given anything except to stand around and look stupid. There was no emotion invested in that angle at all. It was just like, and Paul, that's me. Yeah, it was just random camera shot to Paul. Every now and then it was like, don't forget Paul's here. Don't forget Paul's here. Hey, there's Paul. Like, hey, look, there's Paul over there. Let's just put into perspective, people. They managed to make two guys. They, they basically managed to make a match between two guys who I watched almost kill each other in a ladder war. Shitty. Nobody's going to go back. If anybody could pick a Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens match to watch back, it's not going to be this shit. They didn't even know it was going to be anything special, you know? There's no reason in the world that these guys should not have stolen the entire fucking nine days of content but no logan paul logan paul there were a few cool spots i'll bring some up here but you i mean almost, what, pick almost anything they did to each other yeah because they're good it's not like we're saying that the match itself couldn't be good but paul was out of place and you know what there are every other Sami Zayn, kevin owens match in the world is better than what they did here yeah because it's no. not some random fucking guy that nobody with half a life in their head knows. Yeah, they don't know who Logan Paul is. <laughs> Look at this shit. <sighs> you know, I felt so bad because when it, when it, when they started, um, when at one point when Owens hooked up what everybody thought was going to be a package pile driver, I knew what that was. It's this new shitty movie. Yeah, I realize it now. The package pile driver, and he and does like, like a, almost like a fall away. It's almost like a fall away slam from the from the yeah. package position. And I remember. I remember once you reminded me that he does have a move where it looks like he's setting him up for the package pile driver, but he does like a fall away holding him like that. Which, which I hate that lame. move because at that point, like, don't set it up with the package pile driver. Either give him his fucking finisher, or don't do it. You like to change everything else unnecessary. How about fix the way the fucking move set up? And I know that they want that stunner out of nowhere aspect of it, but that's because they're not crediting just how fast he can hit somebody with a package pile driver. Remember that time he was feuding with Mike Bennett and like he, he ran from the top of the ramp, slid into the ring and almost faster than you could think about it. Like Maria almost got package pile. Like he had her right there. Like it was literally <laughs> like, like it was, he smoothly slid into the ring and was like ready to like just dead her with that shit right there. Like he caught it with the in the pay per view eventually, but I just remember how fast I was like, "Woof!" That was one of those teases before the pay per view, but it was like you caught me too. I was like, "That was, was no way she like, was gonna get the fuck away." Nowhere fast. <laughs> like you know, I do see, stuff like that. You know, I've seen I've seen fucking Penn to do that move, and it takes him sometimes twenty seconds to set it up. He whipped that shit out in like two seconds flat. Like by the time she realized where she was, she was upside down. Yeah, that's the stuff, man. You know, that we're not, like I said, these guys could have put on more. I felt the match needed to be longer. A lot of these matches didn't really feel like much, anyone really went through much of a war. Right. This you match know? was like, what, a few minutes? A few minutes. Shit was like a fucking raw match. Like, shit was like a raw match when they're getting close to TV time. Yeah. But yeah, when he went for that, uh, apron bomb, I was thinking that he must have, they must have had an El Generico flashback. How many times has he hit him specifically with that apron bomb? Um, 
But you know what? Again, getting back to what we're talking about the moves here. If Bad Bunny can do a destroyer, then why can't Owens have his package pile driver? And furthermore, how come Sami Zayn can't have his top rope brain buster? They've never even attempted to tease or try that. I would love that. Top rope brain buster, please, because that's how he used to finish people. And you know what? Even Kevin Owens. That would be a sight to see, right? I used to love when he would hit him with that. It almost looks like an impossible law break of physics when you really think about it like the fact that he holds him up there on the top turnbuckle in brain buster position and then brings him down on that shit you know what everybody's just probably really really scared in the back to have that be a move maybe even vince doesn't want that shit maybe they even saw it maybe it's like look we'll show you on tape and they were like fuck no <laughs> you know with all your dumb shit they do uh i don't even know if i give them that much credit could have been something like that because, I mean, if, oh. I, if I'm going to trust anybody to do those kind of moves, I'm trusting those two. Yeah. They've done it to each other a thousand times and not, and not hurt each other not one time. Mm-hmm. But that move you don't Maybe like that Owens does. Do. Yeah, that, that move that, that you like that, well, you don't like that Owens does is the attempt, the, the package pile driver, because I don't even know what to call it. That got reversed into an actual exploder suplex by Zane. And Zane does hit a brain buster, not on the top turnbuckle, but he hits pretty much the same form he would have. Uh, so he has his brain buster. Best, I think aside from Austin Aries, he has the best brain buster in the business. So good for Zane. So in other words, he has the best the best brain buster in the business. Cool. You know, Stasis actually came up with a more shocking and better use of Paul Logan or Logan Paul than uh, WWE did. Where and I kind of like this. They two K should take it because it'll probably be better than any other feature to have in the game. But you know, where you got like the rating system, like when you're doing a match and it's like five stars or whatever, you just have Logan Paul. In different poses, just symbolize like when the match gets more intense, like, oh, <laughs> you know, at the bottom of your screen. And you don't have to see the stars anymore. Just Logan Paul. I'd rather keep the stars. No, let's keep Logan Paul in the stars. I don't want his fucking face. It's bad enough his fucking face is in my universe. Each star, his face looks more intense as you get towards the five stars. Until he's just like, whoa. And the last star, if you can get a six star match, it would just be that meme of Vince falling out of his chair. <laughs> so give me Vince. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take that if it's Vince, but not some random YouTuber that went into the suicide force. Nah. We're trying to pitch ideas that will make the game better, not shit. So RVD got to meet with Rob Van Dam, and I mini panicked because I always thought that the world would explode or something. These two beings could not be in the same time and space. They'd be in over. They'd be in over smoke. You know. It's just for the record. Uh... WWE, WrestleMania, yeah, the one that happened on the bump was better. That does mark a milestone, though. Was that the first time that anybody's ever blatantly brought up marijuana rolling papers in the middle of a... It might have fucking been. <laughs> and then like, Rob Van Dam rolling papers. Rob Van Dam. Can you imagine that? Like, do you think he's on the front of the rolling papers? The graphic is him with the thumbs? Like, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I hope it is. He has to be, right? I'll have Can to you, start smoking, who, I swear to God. Like, who, who wouldn't want that? Like, how great would that be? The commercials. I'm surprised WWE because it's legal. Like they legalize recreational marijuana in New York. When it's legal, you can start doing commercials about stuff like that. Like, can you imagine like the production value of a marijuana commercial with Rob Van Dam? When you really look at the back of WWE and the way that they like to do their goofy ass commercials and their cricket commercials and their hungry man commercial, <laughs> like, could you just see Rob Van Dam reaching into his singlet and he pulls out the, uh, the rollies and then as he does like the music hits one of a kind dun, 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 dun. and he's just sitting on the couch smoking with like some oh, <laughs> man <laughs> ideas that would only happen if we ran the shit 
God. This is perfectly legal. This might be a little edgy. Rob Van Dam shows up at your house. Ding dong. All right. Rob Van Dam. Want to smoke? And he pulls it out. <laughs> One of a kind. <laughs> I can't believe we're in a world we can do that now. But they won't. Of course they won't. Fucking pussies. No, Kali was there too. Anyway, next. Yeah, it was good to see him. <laughs> United States title match. Riddle defending his championship against Sheamus. 67. Man, you guys are on a roll with these predictions. 67% of you feel Riddle will be retaining here. 22% of you feel it was Sheamus. 11% of you feel it will be DQ and no contest. Finishes Sheamus kicks Riddle out of a springboard moonsault right in the mouth while he's upside down. Like his mouth is open and he kicks him dead in the damn mouth. And when he looks up, that motherfucker is bleeding. Mm-hmm. Very rough. Very, very rough. Leave that to Adam Cole, Seamus. Very super kicking people out of moves all. Just leave that to him. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're trying to do the thing that the indie guys are doing, right? It's like Riddle's ready for it. Seamus isn't. Riddle's probably taking that spot and not wanting to bleed afterwards. Yeah, and of course there are the SJWs out there that all were so happy and in celebration of him being hurt such a beautiful world that we have of showing tolerance and respect and you know not being hateful to one another and everything with their freaking whiteboard <laughs> and dry erase marker and we the saw the moment the moment that someone gets hurt that was accused of something or someone that's not the political party that you're affiliated with dies and that's one that i'm seeing a lot lately politician dies on the side you're not on people go online and they, and they go yeah, literally, they'll put up memes, they'll celebrate shit, and those same same people will be pissed off about things way less offensive than that. Like in my era, if anyone died and you were like, fuck yeah, man, it would be completely unacceptable. But now, a lot of things that were acceptable are unacceptable, but you could celebrate death. So I digress with this riddle thing. I just noticed Twitter got really happy, like people were beaming. At the fact that the guy got hurt, which is probably not even that bad. He was a fucking MMA fighter, you you dumbasses. I'm sure it didn't really ruin his evening. Like, you were basking in that shit. And that just, so this is again, marks, the marks of the current generation. Like, like, come on, really? Like, that, that, that's what made your day. That's what gave you your happiness. That's where you got your high. That was your freak, freaking, uh, it's unbelievable. That was your dopamine yes. fix. Was that you thought? Oh, good. Thank God. It's like give me a break, guys. Dickheads. Like, 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 like that. That guy got to meet Rob Van Dam on the bump. You've been getting kicked in the mouth one time ruining his day. He was selling that shit at the end because, like Jericho just finished saying on that podcast with Stone Cold, which was great, by the way, that when he split his lip open, that it was like a bonus. It was like a happy gift because it just adds to the drama. That was yeah, Jericho's perspective. About that ladder match between him and Shawn Michaels. Right. I, that was like, a great I don't know how podcast, people didn't think he mentioned AEW, by the way. He only worked for them. Hey, you know what? Not for nothing. Him. But him mentioning AEW wasn't even the most interesting thing about that podcast in yeah. any way. Him mentioning Tony <laughs> Khan, AEW, New Japan, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, and even Don Callis held no factor. And it's not like, why wouldn't he mention Don Callis, a former creative writer for the team in WWE? It's like, well, so we can't save Don Callis and Vince Russo? People forget that Don Callis, that's where he was. He was WWE guy. The creator for them. We fucking can't talk about him because it's unreal. So to me, that wasn't it. I thought that the other stuff with Jericho was really good. Even though I've heard the story before about him coming into Vince's house and eating the brownies. I like that story a lot. I like the way he told it to Stone Cold. That was really cool. See, that's um, the way I haven't heard. Now I really got to listen. Oh, you didn't hear that tonight? 
I haven't heard. I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't catch it tonight. I was actually going to wait till tomorrow to catch it. But oh, I gotcha. There was a yeah. The, he tells a story. I forget when he told that story before. It might have been on the. Was was there another podcast that he was on on the WWE Network? Maybe there was. I don't, I don't know. Think so. But uh, at think some so. point, I've heard this story in the past because as he started to tell it, I remember like Jason and I was like, "Oh, he's going to tell the brownie story." I love that one. But yeah, just when he went to Vince's house, I won't spoil it since Destin hasn't seen it. But a lot, I know a lot of you heard it. But yeah, when he went to Vince's house, um, when he was still working for WCW and, and like he didn't really know why why he was there, like I'll I'll, I'll spoil the rest because <laughs> I won't spoil the rest. But uh, yeah, they they eat brownies and shit. It was just interesting. Oh my god, I can't wait to hear this fucking story. <laughs> All his Vince stories to me were way more compelling and interesting than anything with AEW. His relationship with Vince and the way Vince is and the, and the conversations that they've had that he goes yeah, and into why? detail Because about. that's stuff that not everybody's heard. Yeah. So. If you look at the head out of their ass for like two seconds, you'd be amazed how vibrant the world is. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Let's get back into this shitty match. Well, it wasn't really that yeah. shitty. I mean, um, Riddle got hurt, but he didn't get hurt that bad. He's an MMA fighter. Sorry to burst your bubble, people who are happy, but he, no, it'll be fine. He'll, he'll, he's, he'll he's gonna he'll he's gonna go home and fuck his wife um tonight. While you while while while, while you while all of your body pillows will be telling you they have a headache. Yeah. While so yeah, uh, Seamus almost while, killed Riddle. <laughs> while you dip them in flour and look for the wet spot. Because <laughs> they too fat to find it. You fucking stupid. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> and I thought I was vicious. Holy shit! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's gonna stick with me for a minute. Holy good, good God in heaven! Yeah, so moral you... of the story is that there's gems. <laughs> I was scared where you were going. You said the moral of the story. Yeah, right. There were so many other morals. That's why I, I raced so like that. I wanted to sub- I wanted to subvert expectations. I've learned it from WWE: a build up and then just. <laughs> like you know and, and everybody though that worked out so technically you didn't learn <laughs> everyone was like ah, come on we know he could have did better he wasn't even trying with that God, you're not even trying there's apparently more effort they could put into this fucking pay-per-view but uh yeah Seamus almost kills real at one point because they're on the top rope duking it out and Seamus gets him up for the air raid siren because I'm not calling that the white noise uh, he starts to go up to the top rope and almost slips and almost brainbusters fucking riddle on the top rope. Yeah, yeah. That scared the shit out of me. Randy Orton should make fun of him. Right. You know, your boy Slippy too. Your boy who covered for you with the uh with the uh, lines, man, almost died tonight or almost killed somebody tonight. Rather, but yeah, this like, this is a good that? sequence here where he has him outside on the apron here. He's about to hit him with a. Uh, the air raid crash, as you call it, and then he hits him with the suplex. You know what's funny about you calling that the air raid crash? This move, this move's getting on my nerves now, and I'll tell you why. Unless my memory has completely betrayed me. Before Sheamus, that move that he was going to do right there was called the Celtic Cross. Yep, and it was Finley's finisher. That's the Celtic Cross, right? Yeah. White noise is something else. That's the that's the Why Celtic cross. Even a move? But what I'm saying is, what's strange to me about Sheamus is that the move that they gave him, his former finisher, that's the Razor's Edge, the Crucifix Powerbomb, they used to call that the Celtic cross. And I remember no, at the no, time, you know that Crucifix, a high cross, right? Yeah, that Crucifix Powerbomb he does. It's sort of like the Undertaker's last ride. They used to call that the Celtic cross before he had this move. 
And then when he got this move, I remember thinking, oh, he has the real Celtic cross now. But now when he hits the Celtic cross, they call it white noise. <laughs> you know, it's just weird, right? Like, I, I don't understand what the point of doing that. It's just one of those strange things. Like when they change the names of the bosses in Street Fighter in America, you know, that's Bison and this one's Vega. Like, what are you doing? What the fuck? But yeah, and then you mentioned the, the air raid crash because it is weird. There is no white noise. It's just weird to have a Celtic cross as a fake name for a move that when there actually is a Celtic cross. You know what I mean? And that the one you have could be, you don't have to call it the razor's edge. Call it the crucifix power bomb. You know, I get used to calling it the outsider's edge. Even though I go back to calling it the razor's edge, it's like I've seen him hit it more scout hold than his razor Ramon, really. <laughs> yeah, but good stuff here. You know, look at that. That was a mini floating blow. Was that, does that count as a floating, floating bro right there? The springboard um, one? Yeah, he, he, he'll sometimes hit it on a standing opponent. Which brings me to my next question then. He hit that floating bro and then he hits another floating bro in the ring, right? And they just don't yep. seem to say it anymore. Like, they don't say floating bro. Like, they used to be like, floating bro. Now it's just like no one says anything. There's just this awkward silence. And I've been paying attention to see if it was just me. There's like this awkwardness. It almost reminds me of Ziggler 2008 or 2011 or when, when he would hit the Famouser. And I guess because it was a Billy Gunn move, they instead of just saying anything, everyone would just get quiet at the same time. And it was like, that guy looks like Billy Gunn a lot, even his shorts. And he just hit the Famouser. And he does it every match. And now one fucking time has anyone said famous, sir. This is on purpose. Someone's telling you that if you say famous, they're going to fire your asses because everyone freezes like deer whenever he hits that move. I just noticed maybe it was just a one time thing with the floating bro. It got quiet every time he hit it. You know, it's they don't want to put his list. It's like they don't want to put his move over anymore. You know, like literally the two separate words floating and bro are both on banless. Yeah. Now you can't float or be a bro. Can't do it. <laughs> Fucked up hard by this. Y'all laugh. It's fucking believable, isn't it? Maybe. I just find it. And, and again, I don't know to this day what the deal was with the Ziggler one, but I will say this. You know when they started saying Famouser again? Did you catch when it was? No. Right after that one time they had that episode of Raw 1000 when Shawn Michaels and Triple H were in the ring and they were like, wait a minute, weren't there more of us? And then the other DX guys came out. That day forward, ever since then, I noticed Ziggler hits the, the, the Famouser and they go, Famouser! Right after we saw Billy Gunn for the first time in like a fucking decade, it became the famous again. Go back to the network on Peacock and see for yourself if I'm making nah, this shit up. No. <laughs> Knowing them, they'll have Kevin Lund go back in and pipe in and famous sir every time he did it just to fuck me over. Right, he ain't even he got shit to do. He ain't fucking nobody. <laughs> and big ass teeth? Fuck no. <laughs> oh, man. And we talked about this. Maybe we're just being picky at this point, but I don't feel that we are. That thing that Seamus does, the what is it? The 10 beats? The 10 beats of the boundary or just freaking 8 beats of I don't know what the fuck. Right. Why was it 8 today? I and I know. didn't even realize that 10 beats was officially like in the name. But if it is officially 10 beats, why 8? And just 8 such a weird number, you know? Yeah. They, and I know I can't remember who was um pointing out the fact that it was kind of weird that Cesaro did 23 swings. The difference is the Cesaro swings doesn't have a set number. The number is literally in Seamus's move, 10 beats of the boundary. But you know what? I find nine, validation in that point, too. Nine, 11, 10. I find validation in that point, too, about the 23 and the 8. Like, why are these weird numbers? You know what I mean? You never hear these numbers used for anything. Like, have you ever I, heard I, of, like, an 8 count or a 23 count? You know what I mean? Has there ever been, like, there's 5 counts, there's 10 counts, there's 20 counts? It's just so weird. Like, why not do 8.5 now next? This will be free, real wait, fucking strange. Me, it's just 8. And what, what I'm saying is, I know it's being picky, but the thing is, these 
spots are about the fans getting into it. The one, two, three. You know what I mean? Who takes the fans on an A count? But then with Cesaro, he has an excuse. It's just how many times can he do it this week? He just so happens to be 23. The next time it might be even 30. We don't know. Yeah, you're punching that's, somebody's chest. That, you can that, only that, do that's eight. Why it's more, that's why that's more fun with the fans. It's just, let's just see how far he goes this, this week and just keep going. Whereas Seamus, we know he's going to 10. So when you don't hit 10, it's like, wait a minute. So you know you got like two more. The only time it's ever actually a little bit spicy is when he goes over 10. Because then it's like, oh, shit. But when he goes under, it's like, wait, what? Matter of fact, now I think about it, I can't even remember the last time he hit all 10. He'll stop at like six, seven, or eight or some kind of shit all the time now. Like, there they go again. Stop touching shit. Yeah, leave it. If he does 10, just let him do 10. Y'all ain't got no way to be. Ain't nobody fucking y'all. Y'all ain't got nothing to do. (laughs) (sighs) That's unbelievable. It's just too unbelievable, man. Let me get these uh, these clips out for you guys to watch. Riddles. Eight beats of the boundary. Yeah, that's (sighs) Riddle hitting Seamus with the suplex on the apron. Do I have that one in the chat room? I see the, yeah, the belt, the overhead belly, your belly's in there. Okay, so we need the other one. There we go. There we go. Make sure you guys got both now. So that was the clip that we didn't go to. I'll go to that next. I mean, yeah, it was a good match. Just certain things was like, why is that a thing? And they only do stuff like that because they think they, they think people aren't paying attention. Spoiler, gentlemen, um, we're paying attention. We see shit. <laughs> yeah, we okay. damn sure do. Fucking Dana Brooke didn't see Mandy bust our ass, but we sure as fuck did. <laughs> this was the other one, the overhead, which just looked really cool. Up and over. That's the overhead belly to belly to it. It was like it's like a belly to belly Spanish fly hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solid, solid stuff. It actually really kind of looks a little safer than a Spanish fly. Yeah, or it is because he's holding them the whole time. There's very little room to a uh, fuck up. The other person can flip with you, but uh, you know, they're they're holding you there. Yeah, it's, so it's more. It seems like it's one. more of a teamwork thing than the Spanish fly is. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move along. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about this match? I don't remember if there's any other spots or anything that I missed. Uh, nah, we pretty much covered the bases. And you already t- just talked about that avalanche uh, Celtic cross, real Celtic cross, the one they call Night White North, where he almost fell and he had to adjust and do a regular Celtic cross, one almost killed his ass there. The shit out of me. Yeah, so we talked about that. Uh, next up, the Intercontinental Title Nigerian drum match. Biggie. Defending his championship against Apollo Crews. 56% of you felt Apollo Crews would keep it. 44% of you felt that Big E would. So, guess what? <laughs> I guess you're right in this one because Apollo Crews goes over, but it's because of formerly known as, because in, on the social media, they, they, WWE is going, who's that? They're giving us one of those, who's that storylines. Like Dabacado. Like they make us suffer through what two, three months of Raw Underground. Those who actually fucking don't know. The Bacato from Raw Underground shows up and he basically takes out Big E and Cruz wins. Um, I mean, it fucked up the match. It wasn't like a small interference. He just came in and beat him up. I don't know how that does anything for Apollo Cruz. It gets some heat, I guess, which is what they're going for. They're not trying to put him over as a strong heel. They're trying to put him over as a piece of shit. If that's what they're going for, then good. He's a piece of shit now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that was the plan. And the Dabacato guy. Uh, I believe it was Willie who asked a very good question. Is he is he also Nigerian? Because that makes the storyline make sense if he's just some guy, you know. Like I'm not Nigerian, but I but I'm a big supporter. That motherfucker probably from fucking Inglewood, California. I'm not Nigerian, but I've been there, and it's nice. 
It was. I went on a school trip once. Ever since then, I was a spy. Unbelievable. Dabakato, Dabakato, Yabba Dabba Doo. I don't know why my almost instinct was going to fucking Captain Caveman. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it started turning to Warren Robinson. And I was like, wait, no, Captain Caveman. Oh, man. What is this shit? And it's like, it was me? barely, a, they didn't really do anything that exciting. I mean, it just felt like a normal street fight where they just happened to have drums that they didn't use. The drums didn't get touched. A gong got I, used. I hate when they do this where they'll have these fancy names and it's just a regular street fight. They were like, it's a Nigerian drum fight. And I was like, why? Because you fucking have a whole like fucking a half ton of Kendo sticks on ringside. Because they have marks working for them. Remember? That was the whole point. Because they have marks working for them. They don't know it right now. Black Panther was like, Nigerian drum fight. They don't know it, but or maybe they do and they don't care. They have marks working for them. You know? Am I right? Yep. Oh, boy. What stress. What else was on this shit? I didn't like day one at all. I guess we still have to talk more about some of the stuff that happened in the match, right? What do you mean? Night two. Night two, yeah. We at least were able to find some positives out of fucking night one. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the actual match, what do you think of the physical part of this between Biggie and Apollo Cruz? I mean, I like the start where they went out, grabbed Kendo sticks, and they basically started trading shots. Yeah, you the, usually the, the, see that too often. The, so. Yeah, the Kendall stick trade offs. Yeah, I did like some of the brutal stuff that was going on here. This this steel step spot looked much better than the initial time that we talked about in SmackDown weeks ago. You know, he got out of the way. This was like a callback to when he first took him out with those steps. So, uh, yeah, some cool stuff there. The It's weird. Look at all those drums that are around there, though, and not a single fucking one got used. Not like, one. It didn't come into play at all. They were just decoration. Like, now if they want to have another nobody, nobody was drum even match, playing them. which I hope they never want to have them, but now if they want to have another one, you can't even explain what the hell the first one was. This was nasty. I urinagi onto the steel steps. I want to go back so you guys can hear the impact of that a little bit. Kick. And Big E just Stand not up. able to Stand get up. going. Up. Oh, 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 A urinagi <laughs> suplex out of the steel step. That's brutal. That did not look fun at all. No, that, those are, those are unique moves. It looks like a safe as long as, uh, you're in good shape, I guess. You want to break somebody on that shit. Yeah, he seems to be able to. He's able to aim with that urinagi very well. Yeah, definitely solid. Good looking stuff there. Um, what else? There was, of course, Biggie. He hits that crazy middle rope dive, that shoulder tackle. I think he's gone further yeah. than I've seen him gone before. Yeah, that su- He hit that suicide spear. I think harder than I've ever seen him hit it. Like they almost yeah. touched the ring. Yeah, and this was like very early on in the match. So you guys could take a look here. That added brutality right there, boy. I always get nervous. I wonder how he doesn't wind up flipping over or winding up on his head when he hits that spot, right? I've noticed the way he seems to do it, and this is just a theory, when he makes contact, he almost uses the maybe fraction of a second he's still in contact with whoever he hits it with to kind of adjust himself. Right. He almost kind of, he almost kind of pivots on his opponent's body. Because he, he lands that move safe every single time. 
Ashley says she's waiting for um, Apollo to forget his accent like Kofi did. Well, Kofi didn't forget. They just told him to stop using. He actually told a story on the on one of the podcasts about how they went about letting go of the accent, which he didn't like in the first place, but he wanted to lose that. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much it as far as spots or anything that, that uh, happened. I mean, there was that Death Valley driver on the apron where Biggie nearly landed on his head. Yeah. You know, that- you know like that was a little bit rough. Yeah, that was kind of some of the more significant stuff, the ones that happened the whole, um, during the match. Yeah, they have an, uh, an interview up with Apollo Crews, so we get to hear his beautiful accent right now. <laughs> Go ahead, you can ask your question. Go ahead. Go ahead. You just won the Intercontinental Championship <laughs> with, with the help of your friend. Yeah. It does not matter. The fact is that I won the Intercontinental Champion. Look at the size of this man. But don't worry about that. You will find out who this is later. Right now, what matters is that Apollo Crews did exactly what he said he was going to do, and that is win the Intercontinental Championship. I beat Big E in his hometown. I beat Big E in front of all his family, in front of everybody he played high school football with, in front of all of them. And the best thing about it is now, now my ancestors can rejoice. Now my family can dance. I made them proud, and now I am the Intercontinental Champion. This one, Nigeria, your boy. Oh, this one is for Nigeria. Yay to Nigeria! Is that really a thing? No, it isn't. It's just I, from, I fucking hope not. <laughs> that's from. Oh my god. <laughs> This freaking pay-per-view, man. When's the next pay-per-view? Oh, I don't fucking know what they call it. WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, Backlash is next. That's right. Because they have to just give it some stupid fucking name and not just call it Backlash. I, it's either Backlash or Money in the Bank that's next. One of the two, but I know they're, they're the next two for sure. Yeah, it's one of the two. Okay. Uh, also, during this, I don't know if this was the next thing that happened, but they had the Hall of Fame Class of 2021 induction. Uh, not really the induction, but you know, I don't know what the hell to call it—that appearance that they do at every WrestleMania. The, the, afterwards. Pretty much the the displaying of the class. Yeah, I guess the display is a better name for it. Bring that up on the screen. I don't really think anything just came out. You know what I mean? Rob Van Dam. RVD. His weed will take you to the moon. Oh, you fucking stupid! <laughs> Good old Molly. Oh, yeah. The Great Kali! Mm-hmm. Well, you know the deal. I don't need to have that damn shit in the background. I don't need to hear the music or anything. Right. But yeah, Kali's out there. Who wasn't out there? Who did they disrespect this time? Because Liger wasn't out there last time. Who did they shit on this time? Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, the, yeah, Ozzy. Basically, one of the biggest, if not the biggest icon in rock wasn't out there. You don't have to listen to Rock and you know who Ozzy is. Yeah, good job, guys. Eric Bischoff out there, good for him. I listen to him regularly. He's definitely good. This guy, Rich Herring, that they put over during the other thing, the Warrior Award. Long-time employee of WWE. Mm-hmm. You get your headliner. Good old Kane popping out. That's a new Kane song, by the way. Yeah, that's like a beat. Yeah, it's like a beat. I like it. 
Your dog's name is Ozzy. Are you the <laughs> guy who told who told uh Virgil that you give him ten dollars and you let his dog bite him in the ass? Oh my god, you I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier today. It's on my fucking like list. <laughs> Every now and then if I want to laugh, I'll just listen to that shit. It's not funny. The comments on there are nuts, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, because of Ozzy Osbourne. You paid better tribute than they did. You say, you say it like that's difficult. <laughs> good move. Look at that. You have good musical taste. Kind of you funny, know um, This particular class, um, I did get to catch it. I love Bischoff's little uh, shout-out to Jamal and Rosie. The three minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, this I only have three minutes for this speech. Wait, did I just say three minutes? And I was like, ah, oh, I fucking missed three minute warning. Bischoff belongs in there not only because of his talent as a creator, but as a performer. Bischoff was a gray heel in both WCW and WWE. And I was watching that wedding live. And what I love most about that, that's the kind of shit that WWE did that made me really respect them back in the day. That's the WWE that's gone. They created fans like myself that gave birth to podcasts like this. We exist because of them, not the other way around, you know? And now they're just, they've just given up on being what they were. They were the anti-establishment in a lot of ways. And I remember when it came to uh, that wedding, that what they did was they got the media really hyped about it. They leaked, they had somebody leak to the media that WWE was going to have the first ever gay wedding for anyone that wasn't around during that time. And I'm sure you saw the angle on the network. But the media was putting this shit over like if it was a shoot. They worked the shit out of them. The buildup to this gay wedding, the anticipation, the excitement, the way all of these quote-unquote journalists thought that they were covering some important shit Think about what I'm telling you right now. As Stasis types LOL Chuck and Billy in the fucking chat room. These journalists, <laughs> these professional journalists, bro, were all lining up to watch Chuck and Billy get married. I love how you got so excited for a split second. You turned into Vince Russo. You have to. Because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so Russo. I caught that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> The New Yorker came out of me because they got, they had the professional journalists Getting everyone who's not wrestling fans to tune in to watch Chuck and Billy get married. And naturally, and they beat the fuck out of them. And naturally, I'm watching it, right? But I just remember that as a fan, I felt worked because that little old man gimmick was so well done that when he started to disrobe, I couldn't wrap my brain around what the fuck was going on. It was like <laughs> what. His voice started changing and the stuff was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Is this something out of a horror movie? Like, good cheese. Like, I didn't know who it was. Like, now it's such an important, iconic moment that everyone, oh, yeah, this, this. I had no idea what was happening when that dude started to unpeel. I was like, there was, I was mini fucking freaked out. Because he was so committed to it. When he said three minutes, everybody had forgotten about three minute warning for a second. And the fact that he kept studying and thinking, do you take? And it was just like, it seemed like it was really like some old shitty act. So I was just like, wait a minute. When he started to unpeel his face, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on anymore. <laughs> it was such a weird moment, man. Like, and the funny thing is, when I think of general managers, especially specifically Raw, that's the guy I think of. You didn't see that, actually when it happened when Eric <laughs> Bishop was the Holy old man at the wedding? Shit. Man, if they didn't already fuck up the network, I swear that was. Oh, you better find you a DVD or something. I got. I, w- I was about to see if I, if I I wouldn't know what to search. What do I search? Uh, 
maybe Billy and Chuck wedding. I don't want the whole wedding to come up though, you know. Yeah, because then you have to pick who and find that part of it. No, just because they'll give a shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll find it at some point because it's a, it's totally worth it. Yeah, oh, like right now we, I just want to move through a, a lot of the shit through shitty mania. Yeah, night one. To be clear, night one was good. I know night two for the casual marks. They were all like, "Well, this must be." One. I'm sure there's people out there that are like this was wonderful. Night two really brought it, and they're the fucking problem. They are. They are. <laughs> they are the problem in every way, shape, and form because all they need is one of you fuckers that like it. Right. Really, the only ones that 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 matter if they like it is them. You know, and that's the yeah. unfortunate part of the whole thing. If, if Pritchard pops, everybody's happy. And also, we say goodbye to Bad Bunny. I thought that they were giving him the money in the bag briefcase. I got excited. I was like, oh, shit. No I way. Right now. I was like, wait. My, when I was I, like, my instinct was, wait a minute. Is Bad Bunny competing in money in the bank? No, it was just him saying goodbye. How sad was it, right? Oh, my God. Thanks for the, thanks for the fun. Please come back. I love how corporate Triple H would be meeting Bad Bunny here. Just to stick with the dramatics. Look at this shit. You did amazing at wrestling. What is that? Is that a green screen? Now, it's time for you to do what you do. Yep. <laughs> it's the fucking green screen. Looks almost, almost doesn't look like they're there. Thanks. Wow. And that's how he travels everywhere, huh? On top of his car, on top of his truck. <laughs> All right. And look at the mic. It has a Triple H skull on it. That's beautiful. I don't want to put this music on. I don't know if it's his or whatever. And those I don't like it. The two excuses there. But yeah, it's dramatic. And that's how he goes everywhere, man. If you're his girlfriend, you just got to ride like that. That's not terrible, right? Promoting his uh, next tour. Yeah, the skull mic, right? That is cool. I like him, though. I, it's actually it was a nice shame that he's gone. Time. It's a shame that he's gone. He didn't overstay his he welcome, like, though. You know? he, he Not only did he not overstay his welcome, but he worked his ass off. He had a good promo. He's a good performer. I was invested in the match. Everything looked good. You know, like, like, what? like he, he, he didn't show up just to be at Mania. He generally wanted everybody to be entertained by everything he did, and he succeeded. Mm hmm. 100%. Next up, we have the Raw Women's Title Match Asuka defending her championship against Rhea Ripley. 78% of you feeling Rhea Ripley was going to be taking this title from Asuka. 22% of you feeling Asuka will be retaining. Finish being Rhea Ripley going over with the Riptide, a.k.a. Uh, pump Handle Slam. Yeah. Well, but Pump Handle sometimes sit out. Yeah, Pump Handle Powerbomb. Yeah, pretty much. Poor Asuka, her WrestleMania, her and Sasha Banks' WrestleMania curses continue. Yeah, how many, how many WrestleManias has Sasha Banks lost in a row? I believe this one was number six or seven. And such a weird streak. And, right? and, and Oscar is, I believe this was five or six. Wow. What is it with NXT girls at WrestleMania, right? I don't know. Especially these two. Can you imagine years from now they're going to have the logo up? Oh, and oh, and 18. Come on, keep the streak going. Oh, and 21. Oh, my God. Like that. <laughs> it's a fucking anti streaks. That's what they this are. Is why, this, is, this is why I felt so bad. When we did the poll and we got to this match, because I was like, it's fucking mania season. I'm amazed the girl made it here with the damn title. Because usually they always find a way to fuck her out of it in the last fucking week, two or three weeks before. Did you catch the clip that they put on online that leaked of uh, while Bianca Belair is uh, 
celebrating in the ring. She's having a tantrum yeah. on the outside because she had to drop the title. No, I'm kidding. When, when Bianca Belair she is celebrating in the ring, she's, she's smiling on the outside and she's happy with her. And everyone's like, yeah, oh, she, she's breaking she's kayfabe. She's trying to sell, but she can't stop smiling. You could see that she's just really fucking happy. And I mean, hey, uh, that's what I like about a lot of people like Sasha. Sometimes they're happy, just even if it's on the receiving end, the mm-hmm. fact that somebody's dream came true and they got to be a part of it. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. That girl got so, an ovation and a half. Yeah, so Asuka loses. Of course. The match itself, uh, I felt was underwhelming like everything else here. I didn't really feel like they... Uh, this didn't seem like two people who went to war with one another. I don't. I didn't see many false finishes. There wasn't like a moment where it felt like one of them was going to win with a finisher, but they kicked out. By the end of it, it didn't seem like they were battered and bruised, and like you know they gave it their all. That was a good spot there. That yeah, freaking this spot right apron here apron DDT was solid. But and the match itself was good. But I'm just saying for WrestleMania and for a title and for them just playing a video package where they talked about is there anyone who's going to be able to stop the Empress, you know, and who else, what are you going to do? It really didn't feel like she had to do that much. Yeah. It kind of felt because like, oh, I kind of went in there and I had a textbook match with her. And at the end, I hit the riptide and covered her. My finisher hit before they, her finisher. They, <laughs> you know, they, they, you think they would remember that if you're going to run a promo about how unstoppable she is, maybe don't do it at the pay-per-view she hasn't ever won at. And you said the singer who sang the team song for Rhea Ripley is one of your favorite singers. Well, what is the one? Don't tell oh, yeah, it's all, her name is Ace Costello. Yeah, I, I thought that was solid, too. I like she that song better live. Did. I like most metal better live though. So I guess that's just me. I've liked yeah, Motorhead better when he was live. No, there's a different energy to it when they have to actually like kind of push when they're live. Yeah. I caught on the network the other day. The only thing that I didn't like live was Sasha Banks when they had that girl that sings her song come up. Yeah, it's because that yeah. bitch just phoned it in. She wasn't TV ready. You can't just have people out there that aren't TV ready just because they knew how to drop a track. That wasn't like a professional <laughs> performer. <laughs> that and she was nervous because she had to perform next to Uncle Snoop. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that had something to do with it, too. Could have been a combination of all things. But, oh, no, Ace Costello is a beast, though. That girl is, that girl is amazing. And it's yeah. cool that she got this opportunity to perform uh, Rhea's music live. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, of course, like I said before, very physical, very solid stuff. Um, Like I said, this was the main spot that stood out to me, running it again for anyone who wasn't looking before. But uh, the the match itself, it had all of their sequences and stuff that you would expect from it. You know, um, I did like Rhea slamming Asuka into the apron face first. Yeah, that's a know. spot I haven't seen her whip out in a while. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot that was in her arsenal. Yeah. Again, it's not like there was something bad with the match. It's just, again, when I look at WrestleMania and I think of all of the WrestleMania moments and the matches that people have, this this night, they all felt like just regular matches that didn't really run too short or too long, just your moderate matches. This was just a Raw. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, that gives us another bit of a intermission because you have the Bella twins who wind up taking out Bailey for some for some reason. Yeah. Alvarez tweeted We're around good. this time that something big is going to happen. I guess this was it <laughs> <laughs> because like I couldn't find it. Uh, I don't think mine had it. Mine didn't have it. I don't want a refund. Okay, Hulkster and Titus. I don't want to hear that right now. I just thought about something. What? I wonder if that guy who was next to you was there again. <laughs> oh my God, Nikki! I love you, Nikki! No, 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 no
too shiny. I don't know what you two twin idiots doing over here looking like Elmo, okay? I don't know if Elmo. Ooh. But John Cena is not here tonight. <laughs> you know what? I didn't hear her say that. That warrants a slap. Whip her ass. Oh, and she attacks too. Nice selling by Bailey on that strike too. Bailey's such a good seller. God. Look at how she goes down the ramp too. That's crazy the way she took that, that bump. That's a tumble and a half, boy. Why didn't have a match of mania? Right, when she pretty much Like this bitch didn't run SmackDown. She contributed for the entire pandemic and was not given a WrestleMania match. What happened? Right? We didn't count him out. Well, I did. I don't know about everybody Well, they, else, well they, they seem to count themselves out a lot of the time at this point. You know? Are we almost done? I think we're almost done. We're almost there. All that's left is the main event, yo. All right, so... Main event time, WWE Universal Title Triple Threat Match. Roman Reigns defending his championship against Daniel Bryan and Edge. 68% of you thinking it's going to be Edge. 19% of you thinking it's going to be Roman. 13% of you thinking it's going to be Daniel. Finishes Roman hits Edge with the concerto. Puts his body on top of Daniel, who was down from his own previous concerto attack that Edge hit him with. And then he covers them both. He gave, you know what he did? He gave them the big man jobber pin. Yeah. I you know when like Ryback, when guys like Ryback and Strowman used to beat up jobbers and they would stack them on top of each other and then pin them? Like That is crazy. <laughs> Wait a minute. This shit that Ashley just posted, she goes, be right back. This damn cow keeps getting close to my car. I need to get my neighbor to get his cow away from my house and car before I throw a coconut at the cow again. Where are you where this shit happened? That, sound, that sounds like a storyline. Is that an angle? <laughs> Was that, was that a mania part? I don't know. It sounds like something that would happen at mania, right? These guys I fight for such dumb reasons. I Let's take you back to how this feud started. When you left that cow near my car. <laughs> I just never see a situation where you could get a car, a cow, and a coconut in the same fucking place. And after tonight, can you imagine the video package for that? And after tonight, you'll be the one saying move. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Puerto Rico, what the fuck? Then you go into the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Like, I just had to take a full dick doll in that to make sure I was hearing that right. Like, what? what be right back. <laughs> you better not fuck with my car, cow. <laughs> I like burgers, motherfucker. Did you see the Taz tweet? Did you see the fucking Taz tweet earlier that I put that I shared? But I think I might look at it. Oh god. The Taz tweet is almost more random than that. I can't believe I'm taking time. He said something like, I have heat with birds. Regular birds. Not like oh, owls. Yeah. And, <laughs> like owls and falcons and like he named them exotic birds. Just like regular birds. And that was like the whole tweet. I was just like, man, that shit kept me thinking. What the fuck's going on with Taz? <laughs> Taz still ain't forgave him back. Like, what are you doing, bro? It's like, fuck that owl. I still remember. Oh, my God. So weird. <laughs> Anybody who watches Botchamania, you didn't see Taz. You saw the fucking Oompa Loompa. 
Oh, Tell me I'm lying. Dude. I'll wait. <laughs> that is something else, man. Oh my god. But no, this match was good. Yeah. yeah, was, uh, yeah I can see you enjoyed the match. Yeah, the match itself, I mean, you know, you got really good guys here. You know, you're gonna enjoy the match. Um just just almost a shame that this was like the one good match on the whole pay per view. I guess the the bad part that that I take away from it is that it's kinda sad to see that I don't really need to do the whole let's go back to uh tomorrow night and look at WrestleMania and see what the residuals are because it's quite obvious that the residuals are gone. Everything will go back to normal tomorrow. Bad Bunny's already left. You don't even have shitty Logan Paul. Um if Edge isn't gonna win the title, I don't see him being around. This was the, the this was the possibility of Edge winning the title and having one last run. Quite obviously, Edge isn't gonna do that. He was just coming in for this, and they'll use him sporadically here and there. So that's over. You know, Daniel Bryan's probably not gonna be regularly, and that's probably why he's the one who took the concerto so that they can give him time off. The concerto's never been something that you just return back from. You know what I mean? So yeah. at the end of the day, like all of that this shit is really is, is like meaningless. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was looking here. I'm pulling up Paul Heyman after the fact. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah, like, continue. Just, Anything else? It, yeah, it was just really annoying. Like, there's no. I I get that it's Roman Reigns. The guy's been absolutely incredible. I still don't understand why Daniel Bryan was in this match. It's just, just give Edge the fucking title. Like that. That. That's literally. It, it's the easiest solution in the world. Why? Because it's what everybody in that building wanted. I can't disagree with you there. But this guy came back, started the Rumble, went the whole distance in the Rumble, won the Rumble, and then didn't win. And even if it isn't what everybody wanted, it's definitely something that will stay fresh. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be different for a few weeks, a few months. That'd be Ed can't hang Brian going home to be a dad. You probably hang better than Tommy fucking Dreamer. He got a world title shot. So. Well, a shot. He didn't win it, though. Is that the argument, though, that people feel like these guys couldn't be able to hang full-time? When, in reality, Edge is going better than some of these guys who supposedly can hang? I would believe that they don't want to hang full-time. To me, that's more of a believable thing, don't you think? The Daniel Bryan thing, I can understand, because, I mean, the guy's been going full tilt as long as he can remember. So it's like, eventually, you want to wear down and just be dead. But with Edge, the guy's in incredible shape looks moves just as good as he's ever moved i don't know where you see him being gassed <laughs> but you know i just no, realized Qs thompson in the chat room said uh ww rolling papers with the legendary weed smokers and then he put rvd randy orton <laughs> oh orton was one of them orton was yeah. one of them but yeah there, there was really no reason for edge to not win this match like I don't, I, I get that they were that the thing on Roman's going good, but you could have had an amazing, especially because I don't know how many people know this. The day Edge had to retire, April eleventh, the day of night two. Say that, say that April date again. I'm sorry, 11th. you cut out. You cut out again. April eleventh. April eleventh. It was not only the day of night two, but that was the, the exact day that uh, Edge had to retire. Oh, yeah, I knew that. So it would have been like a story, like, you know, on that the, on the, the very day that he had to drop story. the title, he had to win the title back, you know, a decade later. Yeah, that would have been a story that is impossible to ever be able to organically tell the way that they were given that opportunity to. But fuck it, right? <laughs> At least they got that peacock money. Anyway, 
let's go into the match a little bit, right? Oh yeah. Uh Starting Jay back. was taking liberties in this super kick both opponents on the outside. Uh Edge is using his his style of DDTs. He even does an execution S DDT on the steel steps at one point. Uh Roman catches Brian out of that dive and he hits him on the mat with a suplex that looked pretty solid. Um I did like Daniel countering the Superman punch into that education, the official education DVD where he got the full elevation on it. DDT, sorry, not DVD. That's, they don't sell those anymore. You got to catch it on Peacock. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with FYE. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. The double spears was interesting. You know, you really can't get too much out of that. But I guess how could you really not have these two do double spears? You know what I mean? Y- y- like, y'all kind of have to do it. Yeah, so I thought the collision of the double spears looked really cool there. You know, here it is for anybody that didn't get to see. You know, spear, spear. I just love spear. Edge fucking Mania 17 and the shit out of Roman and, and Brian. What do you mean? When he got the chairs and he just started wailing on the both. Oh, right, 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 right. Gave him, that was like, like a the, Mania the 17 ass. Oh, my God. I know what you mean now. <laughs> <laughs> I was having flashbacks. In my head, I thought, I was like, is that how you're going to finish? He's just going to beat him in the submission. The only thing that he's missing is the pen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I remember at one point, um, late in the match, actually near the end, he hit, um, he set them both up for those concertos, and I was like, wait a minute, is he going to concerto the both of them? And he hit um, Brian with it, and I'm like, oh shit, he's going to concerto both. But then fucking Jay showed up. Does anybody even remember why it's called the Conchero at this point? I don't even know if they even acknowledge why. Yeah, because, I mean, it's so far back of a joke that I'm starting to think that it's just lost in translation and people just forgot. And this is like, it's the Conchero. This is an accepted thing. Remember when they weren't, they, I forget what the angle was of why they did it, but I think they weren't allowed back or they were suspended or something. Foley did something. They got rid of them and they came back as the Conquistadors. Remember, they were both dressed as Conquistadors. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't really the Conquistadors, but it was them in like these big lucha bodysuits. And right around that area, right around then, I believe it was the next time they, they did a match, they both came on, they hit somebody with that shit and called it the Concerto. I'm pretty sure that that was just inspired since they were Conquistadors before that. This was the Concerto, you know, to apply to them being the Conquistadors. I always just thought that was funny that all these years later, that joke happened once of, of them being the fucking Conquistadors and the name Concerto stood forever. <laughs> So, yeah, interesting stuff there. This little Easter egg. But, yeah, I mean, this match was main event status. This was the only match on the whole card that felt like a Mania match. Yeah, Well, the really whole card was. for night two, at least. Mm-hmm. It, it had that feel to it. But, I mean, we've always known that Roman's been the one that's been, ca- that been carrying the whole damn thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, here's a, here's a good spot here, if you guys remember. This was the... Uh, this was that sequence with the power bomb. Setting Daniel Bryan oh, up. Bryan beautiful. can't even stand Corey. Hits the power bomb. Jump a little bit ahead here. WWE Universe simply inciting Roman Reigns. Raising the ire. Bryan is up. Bryan is through the Rough power bomb there. Is done. And the spear. pretty cool i'm gonna share that to you guys as well from the social media yeah i think i love um at one point roman um stopped edge from bringing in a chair ed 
I love how I love how how great this was. It was so subtle. One of the legs snaps off the chair. Yeah. And flips it around, gets him into a cross face, and then fucking has his had the the bar of that chair in his mouth. And then Edge comes in and gives us our graphic for this shit. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking because Brian. Shows Ed, up I mean, Daniel off. Bryan comes in, then he gives us our graphic for this shit because the two of them basically Edge has first Edge has Reigns in the cross face with the piece of that chair, and then. Daniel Bryan comes in and he joins with his yes lock. And then the two of them, while both having him in submission, are headbutting each other. Never headbutt a Samoan, like this though. This all kinds of shitty. Like this. <laughs> Again, never headbutt a Samoan, though. But yeah, they're headbutting each other, going back and forth to try to take dominance here over this submission. You know, and then, yeah, like we talked about before, Edge hits a concerto on Daniel Bryan, taking him out. And then Jey Uso interferes. Edge winds up beating him up, and that's when Roman spears him from out of nowhere. You know, so... Roman hits Edge with that concerto, and the rest is history. They give him the jobber pin, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, man. That that. Uh, any other spots or anything in a nutshell you want to talk about here? Um, no, that was pretty much it. We hit realistically my favorite ones. Yeah, awesome. Well, we got a couple of postings here. We'll take a look here. First, you got uh, what is this? This is Roman. The question was really stupid, to be honest with you. I say you make a declarative statement and say anything that you want to say, because what they're asking is none of their business. What you think was going to happen? Y'all calling me a liar? I told you on Friday, I'm going to smash them. I'm going to stack them. I'm going to pin them one, two, three. I'm going to stand up, put this over my head. Let them look up to a greater man. Million dollars of pyro, pow, pow, pow. Just like I called it, huh? And still, now it's time. Paul, what time is it? What time is it? It's Roman Reigns' time. That's what time it is. It is time for the tribal chief. It is time for the end-all, be-all. It is time for the sun on which the entire WWE universe revolves around. It is time for the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontroverted WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns. He got really close to the camera. Oh, let's go back. I can't let you miss that part. Acknowledge me. I didn't want to not acknowledge him. That'd be the last fucking right. thing that I need right now. You, you take it ass with by yourself. Yeah, I acknowledged him. I brought it back up on I'll, screen. Relax. You just took really I'll long. I'll trip you and run like hell. I swear to God. Everybody from himself, motherfucker. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> I always oh, remember man. you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one bright side is that it stayed with Roman, who we know he's able to carry SmackDown and have an interesting story going here. There's still more story to be told, hopefully. Maybe maybe Edge won't leave right away. Maybe maybe him, they run it back properly one-on-one. Yeah, I'd like something out of this, though, man. You know, I really would. Um, the only other thing that really came up of relevance was Rhea Ripley. They gave the, she came out on here. Let's see what that is. Rhea Ripley, congratulations. You are the new Raw Women's Champion. (laughs) Having a WrestleMania moment. And look at you, you have your own band. (laughs) How epic is this night been? The coolest. You guys were awesome. Hold on. Everybody. Yeah, they're wearing my jackets from all my other matches. We got they are, they are repping the new Raw Women's Champion, The Nightmare. Yes. 
It was de certainly not a nightmare tonight for you. Absolutely, I'm sure, a dream. Definitely a dream for me tonight. Uh, since being a little kid, I've always wanted to be a part of WrestleMania, and I finally got my WrestleMania moment in front of a crowd. Um, it was super cool stepping out there and not only seeing the crowd and hearing their reactions, but seeing these guys out there with me. I loved every second of it. I was really trying to soak it all in and try not to cry, to be honest. Uh, well, <laughs> you did that opening night. With God bless yeah. We did see that. But that pyro, the band, and see, oh, honestly. I want to stop for a minute. I, I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be critical of Bianca, but it looks better, in my opinion. I like that look on a champ after they win, rather than crying and swooning and marking out and clapping and applauding and jumping up and down. And, you know, like, I like that Rhea just looks like someone who kicked ass, and now she's here with the title and her people. You know, it's just a more badass presentation. I know they weren't going for that with Bianca. Bianca still is a badass in her own right. And like her performance was good. But uh, this is just cool. Like, I just want to see the champion look badass. I don't want every. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. And other podcasters have talked about this. And Cornette's even mentioned that everybody in WWE currently has the same attitude. Like, it used to be that you're a badass and you don't give a shit. And you're here to kick ass and take names. Not everybody. It's been my dream since I was a child to be here. And I finally achieved it. And I did it, mom and dad. And this is it. And I've been watching since I was a child. And I never thought it's like, that's just too over fucking done. This is what I had to need. Just be a badass. Yeah. It's everybody's I mean dream. Yeah, it's definitely. I don't mind it with Bianca. In fact, for me, that actually fits Bianca just a little bit better, just because it's more raw with her. But yeah, that you couldn't have the whole "it's about my life dream" thing with Rhea. Bianca would have never gotten over to get to the place that she was if it wasn't for the heel character that brought her there. I don't think that works as good as a humble babyface. It's literally completely in opposition of the presentation. All of the video packaging and everything that they did was to prevent her as to, to present her as a heel. And like as a good one that's cocky and damn sure knows that she can make it to the top. And the character that they originally had Bianca Belair as in NXT struck me as somebody that when they finally win the title wouldn't be surprised. Like, that's right. You know, I told you I'm the best. But not someone who'd be like, I can't believe, you know, so I don't know. I just like the Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is the one that's doing it better. She looks like she's like she always held that shit even though she just got it like a few minutes ago it's she looks like she's... but actually now i think about it it's easy for her to look, look like that because they fucking owe her for last year you know like <laughs> it looks like her title it doesn't look like she won it in a lottery like with bianca belair you know it doesn't look like bob barker called her down and she came running down the damn thing the title you know like she looks like that's her fucking title you know, anyway, let's finish this off. You came in to your debut on Raw challenging Asuka tonight, and you walked away as the champion. How epic and what is this moment like for you? It's absolutely insane, to say the least. I still can't get over that my first night on Raw, I challenged Asuka, the Raw Women's Champion, to a championship match at WrestleMania. But at the end of the day, Asuka knows exactly who I am. So there could be people out there that disagree and think that I don't deserve it. But I'm the one standing here with the Raw Women's Championship. And Asuka knew that I was going to be a challenge. And I know Asuka loves the challenge. So I was there to pretty much challenge her for it. <laughs> so you proved why you were so confident. We all saw it tonight. Congratulations. Enjoy your night. Thank you. Yeah. Go party with the band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Ooh, that I confidence. Just I just realized something. What's that? Rhea pulled off a little bit of history. Oh, how so? Rhea Ripley is now the only woman in the WWE to have been now Raw, 
NXT and NXT UK Women's Champion. Because remember, she was the first one. That's true. Yeah. That's high level. Don't y'all fuck it up and just pass it off to Charlotte when she gets better. That's the way I like my champions to look, and it's no disrespect to Bianca, but see the thing with Bianca is it worked that worked. Yeah, of course Bianca being built up as a heel, but also those fans eventually just accepted Bianca. Whereas Rhea, they had to actually like turn Rhea face. So I feel like with Bianca, it like I said, it hits a little bit more raw with her, so it's able to come off a little bit better, but. It's kind of a, it's, it's it's an each his own type thing, definitely. But I mean, I can definitely understand where you come. Like, I feel like Rhea fits being the badass a lot more than almost anybody on that roster right now. And I didn't actually catch that that all the bandmates were wearing her old jackets. Yeah, that's cool. That's fucking cool. <laughs> you know, like that's awesome. Yeah, well, congrats to her. That girl fucking deserved it. Like I said, they should have never had her get jobbed out to Charlotte last year. They owed her that shit. Yeah, and she looks good. She wears it well. Yeah. You know, cheers to the new champ. Cheers to the new champ. WrestleMania night two was a mess. I'm not gonna lie, man. <sighs> yep, it didn't get good to the main event. No, it really didn't. There were a which lot of holes which by WrestleMania standards, and they fail in three quarters. <laughs> when you put it that way, that would have been the name of the episode if this was if this was a Monday episode and not a pay per view special. You know, I gotta stop pitching these shits during pay per views. I hit gold during this shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I said, the first night, I think the moral of the story is we've had two years of WrestleManias that have had two nights, and maybe next year we have one night. We said that last year, though, and we didn't wind up with one night, did we? What, what you can do, you can have as many nights as you want. Just actually put some effort forth on those nights. Because if G1 could be fucking 19 nights, or was it? Yeah, it was like, what, 19, 20 nights, and they didn't fuck up? How y'all can't get it right with two? Yeah. Well, there was there anything that you enjoyed entirely? Like, if you had to pick a favorite thing about this evening, what would it have been? Just night two in itself? Okay, I guess like the whole no, night two in itself. Night two I, in guess, itself I guess if you could do both. I don't know if you have both. I haven't thought about it myself yet. So, for me, obviously, I mean, if you were talking about night one, I love Bianca getting to have her moment. But with night two, we got we actually got Pyro at the start. Because we didn't get Pyro at the start of night one because it was still raining. This is kind of funny. I started hearing earlier in the day. I was like, oh, it's storming again. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we go again. But no, they, they got it in on time. So, man. Yeah, it wasn't exciting as that first night, right? Where we weren't really sure. <laughs> we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Oh, yeah. God. But I mean, yeah, definitely. It was, it was actually kind of cool, even though he did not win, to know that Edge went from retiring and that same day, 10 years later, main event at WrestleMania. I love when dates like that line up. Yeah. And I just wish that they would have capitalized with having that legendary moment, you know? Yeah. Romans already had an incredible run as Universal Champion. So it's like, what what's it going to hurt to let Edge have that moment? Because, like I said before, that whole Edge of the Heel, that's bullshit. Like, Edge is pissed off because Daniel Bryan's trying to stick his nose in something that had nothing to do with him. And you, tell me you're, you tell me you're not going to wail on somebody with a fucking chair after that? Yeah, and I can't say Roman's a bad choice either, though, if they want to keep the momentum going. And we also don't know yeah. the deal they have with Edge or if he was willing to go and have that run. Or if he if, was just there to, be, to help elevate Roman. After yeah, or if he was just there to help elevate Roman, which is fine, too. Like I said, I can't judge it by that outcome, which is why I still give that match a plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the match was good, and it's kind of it makes sense to like how that could have played out. 
he said Edge is old. It's funny because Mick Foley tweeted. Younger than Tommy Dreamer. I'll keep going back to it. I'll keep going back to it, George. You make it too fucking easy. You impact Mick Foley guys, tweeted something. Uh, Mick Foley tweeted something like, come on, Edge. Do it for the old guys. I, I couldn't help but know when I looked over at my screen when I when I watched a match I glanced over and like my shit was auto scrolling and I just saw like Mick Foley's face like for a flash like when it's going I just said come on <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw you go and check my face for a second I saw come on Edge do it for the old guys oh my god oh man all right so we're ready to wrap up here yep oh man another WrestleMania weekend pretty much in the can huh yeah and we got two more days of a nine fucking day run yeah and it doesn't even end yet but i will say this thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire wonderful night including george z willie v2 eb gamer cool ice stasis dreams sakuhasu dark sage 9117 keith thompson aka killer quest Aweiro 16057, Dark Sage 9117, Weekly Planet aka Ashley, Cabigon, Bloodluster, Luke T. Sipper, G Bone 79, Omnipot G, and of course all of you that choose to listen to us on demand on Podcatcher and Podcast apps such as iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Twitch, Facebook.com, and of course, let's not forget our home base of talkbrunch.com and tomorrow night we'll be continuing this Wrestlemania festivities with what used to be one of the most important events the Raw after Wrestlemania so don't forget to tune in 11.30pm Eastern Standard Time following Monday Night Raw exactly in the chat rooms that you are in ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live episode 450 hosted by yours truly Rick Dyer aka Captain Brunch this serves as your Wrestlemania night 2 post show for myself and my co-host Destin Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Huh, seven down, two more to go. Shut it down.